Hey everyone, it's Allison here with New Little Life. I'm an internationally board certified lactation consultant, a nurse, a doula, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the New Little Life podcast, we'll talk with real moms about their breastfeeding experience, the good parts and the bad, and share real and practical advice about breastfeeding. Connect with and learn from other moms and professionals to help you meet your breastfeeding goals. Welcome back to the New Little Life Podcast. I have got a really fun interview for you today, but before we get started, I just wanted to remind you about our Patreon page. So if you like this content and you want to keep hearing more of it, you can support the podcast over on our Patreon. Any donation, even a small one, helps me keep this podcast going, and there's a little bit of extra content over there for you as well. So I also wanted to say a quick thank you to all of our current patrons for their continued support. You really make this possible, and we couldn't do this without you. So thank you so, so much. All right, today we have an interview with Dr. Kelly, and Kelly is a naturopathic doctor and mom of two. She started her practice working with bioidentical hormones and has now niched into the area of microtoxin illnesses and specifically mold-related issues. So she really has a very specific practice now and some really interesting things to say. Today, though, she's going to be talking to us about her breastfeeding experience with her little ones. She's had some experience with tongue ties, and she's also going to talk about tandem nursing and a little bit about how immunity relates to breastfeeding. So how all those antibodies get from mom to baby and why breastfeeding and breast milk is so amazing. We had a really fun time chatting and I think you'll enjoy listening to her and her experience and advice. So here we go. Hey Kelly, I'm really excited to talk with you today. We were actually just getting to know each other real quick before we started this, which I absolutely loved and I can already tell that this is going to be a really fun interview. So thanks for being here with us today. Of course. I can't wait. It's always good when you jump on with someone and you're like, there's going to be good fluff. It's going to be a good right? one. No, this is yeah. going to be a good episode. I can already tell. Good flow. Oh my gosh. I did not mean any puns intended, but as we talk <laughs> about milk flow. <laughs> All right. Stick around, guys. This this is going to be a good one. <laughs> okay. Dr. Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just introduce yourself. Tell us about your practice, your family, your kiddos, everything like that. Yeah. So I'm an Arizona native, born and raised here, and I've known I wanted to be a naturopathic doctor since I was like seven. I was a super sick little kid. My mom found my naturopathic doctor, and he basically dismissed me from care after a couple years. And he's like, you're good. See you later. If you're sick, I really don't want to see you anymore. I was like, all right, bye. I want to be a doctor like you. And he stops me walking out the door dead face. He's like, you better be a naturopath. Don't be a regular doctor. I was like, okay, bye. And that's what I did. Um, I married my 18-year-old crush, the one who got away. Um, We have two little kids. I have a a three-and-a-half-year-old and a one-year-old. And I do a little bit of everything in my practice. I started with hormones, doing bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And I was loving it. You can see a lot of quick fixes with hormones and people feel like themselves again. And as I was going into that, there were these patients where I just couldn't get them better. And that kind of led me down the, we call it environmental medicine. When you look at the surroundings and root cause medicine, figuring out what that straw that broke the camel's back was. And now I do a lot of mold illness. Um, Mold's probably the biggest one, but I also do like tick-borne illnesses, Babesia, Bartonella, Lyme, all those sneaky things. 
And yeah, yeah I want to get people better and change the paradigm of medicine. Oh, I love it. Perfect. You have great yeah. goals and sounds like you're already doing a lot of them. So I'm trying. There's yeah. only so many balls I can juggle at once. Oh, girl, I hear that. <laughs> Especially with kids. It's like a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, let's just jump into the beginning. I'd love to start by hearing about your breastfeeding experience. If you want to start at the beginning with your first, we can sure do that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you have two little ones kind of close together. So yeah. but let's start at the beginning and just okay. see where it takes us. Okay. So my three and a half year old. When she, she was born two weeks before I graduated from naturopathic medical school. And that was, it was kind of just in my head. And it was that stubborn idea of, I'm just going to do this. Like I'm a naturopath. I have to breastfeed. Like what other option is there? And I knew the benefits of it, but I think it was really just like my stubbornness that made me successful because those first couple weeks were a little rough. It new mom, the nipple tenderness. And I am 95% sure she had a mild tongue tie, not as severe as my second, but it was pretty dang painful. And I was just like, pull your bootstraps up. This is what you're going to do. You're a naturopath, feed your kid. And she is still nursing. So I'd say that was pretty successful. Yeah. Um, We never really had any issues. Um, Maybe like a couple, like the milk blisters, but I never really got clogged ducts. I was super fortunate that I got to stay home with her for the first nine months of her life. Like I had graduated. I was waiting for my board results to come in. So it was just her and I, we got a really good bonding time. I didn't really worry about my milk supply. It was pretty idyllic. Um, yeah. And then I went back to work and I, I pumped for a little bit, probably until she was about 13 months old. And I was like, screw it. I'm done. I hate the pump. The sound like hurts my soul a little bit. So I don't oh, like I, so many moms can relate to that. Yeah. Where the yeah. sound just like, oh, yeah. Hurts your like, teeth. I'm yeah. about to buy a manual pump because that motor, I just can't. It's like bad it's dance music. PTSD or something from pumping. Right? Yeah. <laughs> just the sound. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So I pumped until she was about 13 months old. And then we would only nurse when I was home. Mm-hmm. So I had like a very gentle decrease in, like, it wasn't a cold cut wean. I never had any like plug ducks or anything after that. And then um, then I got pregnant again. And she nursed through most of that pregnancy. There was definitely a part where I was like, girlfriend, mommy's nipples hurt. Like boo-boos, yeah. have boo-boos. Please don't. And she was really good. She would just snuggle. And she does this like really particular hand motion across my chest. Like she's trying to cast a spell. And it would always feel like I was going to have a letdown, but I didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's and really cool. I thought, I thought we were done. I was like, all right, this new baby's going to come. She's good. She stopped nursing. She just likes to hold them. And then her sister came and girlfriend got jealous. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't, I would only let her nurse like one time a day. And it was when we were home alone. Everybody had gone out for groceries or work. And I was like, I can't do both. Like two days postpartum. I can't do both of you here. Just climb up here. And I had one on each side because I was terrified of her messing up my supply. And it was like this weird anxiety I had never had before. Um, So, yeah, I've got some pictures tandem nursing. That was not my intention. My husband thinks it's weird. But it's not like I would do it in public, like just pull pull my shirt up and nurse. Yeah, your other one's old enough to like. Yeah. That she's not relying on your milk for nutrition at this point. Exactly. It was pure comfort and jealousy because the new sister. 
So then River came along and I, I brought myself to see a lactation consultant when she was four days old. I was like, she's nursing. I hear her swallowing. I don't, something's not right. And when I compared her latch to her sister's in the beginning, it was way more of like a pinching sensation. Okay. And I was like, I can live with this. Like I'm not, nothing was cracking. Like I'm pretty sure I still had conditioned nipples because I didn't have that initial. She like, never really stopped. Your oldest yeah. would never really stop. Yeah. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were like nice and calloused or whatever people use the word. Um, and so I brought her in and they're like, she has a severe tongue, um, buccal ties and a lip tie. I was like, oh, so this is why it pinches. She's like, yeah, if you would have been a first-time mom, you probably would have quit already. I was like, okay, that sheds some light on the severity. Um, we had the laser revision, and that that was a little rough. I had to take her by myself, and the the smell really got to me. And I, like, I was crying, and she was crying, and the lactations consultant was like, just nurse, just nurse. Sit here as long as you need a nurse, which was wonderful, and... Like, instantly her latch was better, but I didn't realize how, like, intense the stretches were after the revision. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that, like, hurt my soul even more than the pumping sound does because they're like, you have to stretch every four to six hours. And she, you could tell she was sore sometimes. And I was just like, I can't do this to her. And I think I'm, doctors are the worst patients because I'm, I stopped the stretches too early. I was like, her nurse, her latch is beautiful. The gas thing has calmed down. The Arnica, like the Arnica worked. And that's what we were doing for pain management. Um, and we would do like the frozen breast milk ice chips oh, to yeah. help okay. numb it up. But I I couldn't bring myself to do that to that little baby. And not at a week old, two weeks old. So her latch had gotten better. We did the stretches for three and a half, four weeks. And I was like, all right, we're done. Like if it attaches it will get it fixed then between and the, the stretches sleep- are meant to keep it from reattaching exactly correct? yeah and okay. there had been one time where I was you put them upside down so like their head is in your lap and their feet okay. are hanging off of your knees mm-hmm. and you put your fingers in and pull up on their tongue so it doesn't reattach at the base mm-hmm. and I had done that one time after we had slept a good eight hours and I heard a pop and I was just like oh god and she didn't do anything she didn't really react she had her frozen breast milk chips and she just wanted a nurse but it on my mom heart like couldn't take it so it was fixed enough where she's a year and a week old two weeks old now and she's still going strong nursing she eats solids fine she doesn't really have the gas issues so that was probably the most traumatic thing and then between weaning my oldest off of that like daily nurse session I did get a couple plug ducks but I caught them early enough and I could fix it with what did I do the sunflower lecithin and extra water and the dangle feed so it never really developed into mastitis so I'd say I've been pretty lucky like I haven't had crazy infections we haven't really dealt with candida but I attribute that to like my diet beforehand I'm pretty cognizant of what I consume so and that's a yeast infection, right? For anyone yes, who doesn't candida know what candida is. The is. Yeast. Yeah. So the one that goes the thrush on the baby's tongue, the white, or it can be the red, um, blotchy rash on the breast. Um, so I never really dealt with any of that crazy stuff. It was more just my 
poor empathetic mama heart couldn't do the stretches long enough. And yeah, tongue ties are like the whole world of their own. Did you find any like support groups or like other moms that have dealt with this to kind of navigate that? Or did you oh just God. do it on your own? So the place that I went to was an hour and a half from my house. And so I'm like outside of Phoenix. I'm an hour away from Phoenix and still in Phoenix. And it's an amazing center. I just couldn't make that drive all the time. So they had like weekly, and this is pre-coronavirus. I don't know what they're doing now. I know they opened another location, but they had weekly support groups. You could come weigh your baby, nurse them and weigh them again to make sure they're getting enough. So they would do the weighted feeds for like free. Very, very supportive. But between my patients living so far away and probably my stubbornness. I was like, nope, I can do it on my own. And I would just text my other naturopathic doctor or mom friends. And I'm like, guys, what did you do? We have like our own little group message of we're doctors, but we're also moms. Where do you draw the line? What do you do? So they were my support for that mostly. Yeah. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Being like a medical professional and then also being a mom because, man, I remember I saw a lactation consultant every I have three kids and every time I've seen multiple because I'm yeah. like, could you just talk to me like I'm dumb? Like, because yeah. I know I'm trained in this, mm-hmm. but my mom brain is fried and I just need help. But you just got to give it to me like I, like I'm not a medical professional. Exactly. It's a weird paradox, that, isn't it? They have to remove the facade and realize that you are also sleep deprived. You are also clouded by your emotions at that point. Like, let's throw in some postpartum hormones and your sleep deprivation and all of your other kids' needs and pretend like you're still functioning like a normal human being and you can use your medical brain. It doesn't work. Not yeah, at all. I, I'm so glad you said that. It makes me feel a little better, honestly. No, it is not you. It is everyone. Ooh, yeah, man. Um, so let's see. You are nursing both of them. I mean, your little one, obviously, but your three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old is still kind of nursing occasionally? Sometimes, yeah. So my one-year-old, she's a total fan of solids. She's not talking. But she's very communicative and she'll go hop, hop, hop whenever she's ready to eat. So she does eat three to seven meals a day and she nurses whenever she needs it. I am trying to stop pumping at work just because I'm over it and and I don't like the sound. But I've got a – I don't have a freezer stash, but I have enough for the days where I'm actually in an office away from her like I am today. She's got some at home. The other, I do a lot of telemedicine stuff, so I'm normally home and I can like hop out of the office and nurse her and run back in. Um, But yeah, my little one is still definitely nursing multiple times a day and at night. And then my oldest, it's mostly at night when we're all snuggly. She's trying to wind down. She's like, mama, can I have one sip of boo-boo milk? Like you just asked for this in a full complete sentence with manners, kid. And she knows she's getting a little too old because I'll tell her, I was like, your latch hurts, baby. Fix your teeth. She'll go, mom, I don't know how. This is how I do it. I was like, then change your head. Like, tilt to the other side. She's like, oh, okay. So she's definitely kind of forgetting the motion, I can tell. But she's not ready to give it up. That's still her safe place. Do you have have any idea how long you'll nurse her? Or you just kind of kind of let her find her own way? Just out of curiosity. Honestly, that answer changes on a day-to-day basis. Right? Yes. So, like, last week, and this might be TMI, I finally got my, no. like, first postpartum period. 
after a year. Good for you. Slow clap for making it a whole year without that. I know. I really loved it until that like week of PMS hit in. I was like, oh God, this is going to be a hell. So last week when it was craziness in my house, I told her, I was like, you are done no more. And I like, I had to go apologize to her because she was just all up in my business and I was crampy and I wasn't having it. And then like last night she was like, mom, dad was watching a scary movie. Can, can I just nurse for one minute? I was like, of course, little baby. And it changes. I have no idea. It what do really weird when me they out. ask so cute. I know. Right. You can't say no. Like you see the baby still not the crazy toddler. So I don't want to set like a firm date, but most of the time I'm still like girlfriend, you're done. And it's getting a little much. So I'm not entirely sure. We'll yeah, that's see. a great answer. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. probably where I'd be with that same scenario too. Like, what yeah. am I going to just say? Exactly. She's like yeah. fiercely independent during the day. So like at nighttime, when I see that snuggly side of her again, 60% is like, oh my gosh, come here. And then 40% is like, your teeth, stop. So I, I really don't know. It'll depend on where she's at in life and what I'm doing. And who knows, if I get pregnant again and they get all tender, that might be the end for her. I don't know. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't have like four years old. You're done. That's sure. My husband thought that about one and he was actually, he came to me and he's like, she's still a baby just cause she's one. Like, are you going to keep nursing her? And I was like, obviously, did you think we were just going to go out and buy some formula? Cause she's one. And so he's kind of on board with it. He's more upset with like the tandem nursing toddler nursing than I am. But he just wants like alone time with me, which is hard to get now. Right. He's like, she has one and she has one. Where's mine? Exactly. You know? He's like, well, you grow another one so we can all be on there at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know how you make it feel not feeling touched out all the time. Even with one. It's a lot. I'm like, just, I need an hour to sleep with like no one touching me. That doesn't happen now. <laughs> right. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. And like we co-sleep because I still nurse at night and I need to use my brain during the day. Yeah, so my yeah. littlest one is in the bed with us. I'd say half of the nights the toddler comes in and she like, she sleeps long ways at the foot of the bed because yeah, there's no room for her in the bed. Yeah, she's like a dog at the end of the bed. Sometimes she rolls off. It's, it's traumatic. She won't stay in her bed though. Um, but yeah, my husband and I, we've had to find new ways for intimacy because anything in this like trunk region where my chest is doesn't do anything. I was like, just kind of like, turn currently. off. Give me a back rub. Do do something yeah. else to reconnect <laughs> with me, not so touch funny. my chest. Oh man, I yeah, everybody can kind of relate to that, I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, so I would love to hear a little bit of your thoughts, especially as a naturopathic doctor, about mm-hmm. kind of the immunity and physiology of breastfeeding. Cause I, I think you have a little bit of experience there. Mm-hmm. So can you just like share with us why is breastfeeding awesome? How does that immunity and antibody totally. thing work? I would love to just, just tell us all the stuff. I will tell you all the things. Um, so fed is obviously best. Like if you're using formula and you're listening to this, like this is not a knock. It still has vitamins. It still has fat. But breastfeeding is so unique because when a baby has a good latch and the nipple is fully in the mouth, when they suck, the negative pressure that's then created actually takes the baby's saliva and pulls it back into the nipple. So then mom's immune system can then scan it for pathogens. 
it's the same concept like when new moms have the urge to kiss their baby everywhere. It's one of our primal instincts because we're sampling for pathogens. If they had something on their face, they had been rolled in mud, who knows? Who knows what's on the baby? You really don't. When you kiss it and your saliva detects it as a mom, your body's like, oh, hey, some dirt. We've seen this before. Let's roll out some antibodies. More advanced things happen when they nurse. So the longer they can nurse, the more accurate your milk is going to be for their immune system needs. So pumping will still give immune response. It's just more delayed. So the yes, I was are, just going to ask you, moms ask me all the time, yeah. what if I'm pumping or using a nipple shield? Am I still creating antibodies for my baby? Of course. So part of it is you're living in the same environment. If the baby was exposed, chances are mom was exposed too. Unless if you're at that age where the baby's like crawling around the pediatrician's office, like licking doorknobs and mom is not licking said doorknobs, that, that immune response is going to be a little bit more delayed. But mom is still in the same environment. Mom is still being exposed. So anything mom sees, she can pass on. They even found the coronavirus antibodies in breast milk already. She just yeah, spray breast that. milk yeah. on 2021 preventatively and call it good. I know. I saw several <laughs> memes about that in 2020. Like, yeah. has anyone tried just like squirting breast milk on this year to see if it <laughs> fixes it? Oh, my gosh. But yeah. So the immune response changes every time. I've seen, I've pumped both sides at the same time. And they're different colors entirely based off of which side she nursed off of last. So like mm. one side was nice and yellow and fatty. And the other side was like green and blue and a little bit more hydration, watery. I was like, oh, girlfriend's doing something. Growth for You, you probably see that even more where you're tandem nursing two children. I've yeah. seen moms where they've had like kind of one breast does mm-hmm. the one thing and the other one for the other yeah. child. So I bet you see that even more than most where you, you do have two little mouths and giving honestly, you some of those things. Oh, yeah. The way the way we've nursed lately, it's so like hit or miss. I don't even know if I'd call it. It is tandem, but it's not like a regular tandem anymore. Sure. In that one specific time, it was just Little River. Like I had nursed her on one side that morning, not the other. I went to work and pumped, and that was just from her. How interesting. So, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I will fully admit that I do not understand all the things that breast milk and that part of your body does. Like I don't I've think been anybody studying does. it though, but it's incredible. And and there I think there'll be parts that we just we don't know forever. Our yeah, I don't think our science has caught up with how advanced breast milk is, but I know that they use it in cancer therapies. It's and you've got to dig. Like this is not mainstream stuff, but there have been cases of cancer staying in remission because a person is consuming human breast milk. And it's so cool. Yeah. It's insane. The properties that it has. I love that it, I mean, I tell this to moms a lot, but like the fact that your adult immune system can make like quality (laughs) antibodies for this brand new little life that Mm -hmm. is their immune system is so brand new is, is huge. So even if you just nurse for a week, or even oh just gosh. that colostrum at the beginning. I was those, just going to say that. Right? Your immune system is like giving them antibodies they could never create on their own. Yeah. It doesn't, their little immune systems can't even start working for those first couple months of life. Like that's mom and baby. Yeah. That's and that relationship. Most babies don't get even their first vaccine if you choose to vaccinate your kids until two months. Mm-hmm. So that first two months, I mean, 
yeah. everything they're getting is, is from the mother. Oh, totally. So do you remember, do you remember if you took any kind of like preparation stuff before your first one, like any courses or did you just like know what you were doing and it just happened for you? I'm going to go back to the stubborn thing and I didn't do anything. The most I remembered was from an obstetrics course I took in medical school probably two years prior. And of course, like I was like, oh, I'm not going into OB. So did it really stay in my brain? Maybe. Like I could get by. I know the answers, but some of those technical things, like not so much. I would not trust myself in a delivery room as a midwife. No way. Mm -hmm. But we had done the class. I understood the the physiology of it I knew I wanted to and I just let it happen I took her lead and I think part of it helped when my oldest was born she had jaundice so they were like keep her naked by a window so we just did a lot of skin to skin and anytime she cried I was like oh you need a boob no okay now what so it was kind of always like my first go-to to see if she was hungry and kind of encourage that milk production and that bond and then from there I just, I've always taken her lead. I'd say, I will say Rowan, my oldest, is still probably boob oriented. If she fell down at a park and started crying and I like busted out a boob, she 100% would still be focused on it. Whereas my youngest, boob is not the answer for everything and she knows it. And mm-hmm. if I like try to offer it, she like pushes me away, whereas Rowan never did that. So I think Rowan being that extra clingy little baby really like what's the word? It like habitualized that instinct. Like, Oh, do you need milk? Do you need a breast? Here you go. No. All right, let's move on. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you just kind of like stubbornly, like I'm doing yeah. this every yeah. time, every time there was a wine, a peep, a whatnot. You, you need a boob here? No. Okay. Let's try a diaper. Let's try burping. Like it was just the top of my checklist every time. I never, I have friends and they're like, Oh, what app did you use to like calculate? I was like, what app? I just offered every time. How did you know what side? I, I literally felt them. Which one was full? Which one was not? It was, I really just trusted that instinct to go. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Can you tell us, okay, this is a two-part question, but I would yeah. love to know the hardest part of breastfeeding for you and mm-hmm. then also maybe the best part. So let's start with, let's start with the, the sad day stuff. So maybe the hardest okay. or most difficult part of breastfeeding and then we'll jump to the best part for you. Got it. The most difficult hands down is those first few months when they're like nursing around the clock. And my husband didn't really get a lot of time off work. My youngest, cause she's more recent. My youngest was born over the holidays. He couldn't take time off. It was like blacked out. They gave him like an extra long weekend when she was born. That was it. It's watching them sleep at night and being like, you and your useless nipples, I want to hurt you. And just feeling so alone at night in those those long nights, like they're ingrained in my brain. And then somehow I blinked and she's a year old and we sleep and things are okay. But like that isolation you feel, especially if you're solely breastfeeding and you're letting your partner sleep. I have other friends where like they would pump and make their partners feed pumped milk at night and I was like oh girl you do it but if you're doing it by yourself and you're letting partner sleep or whatever your situation is that feeling alone at night was probably the hardest yeah there's nothing better than a sunrise 
from a long night. Seriously. I that brings like so much hope and joy it for does. me because some of those nights are long. I can they totally are. relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just seeing the sun, you're like, all right, he's gonna be up. I can nap. New day, new energy. We got this. Yes. And I think the darkness, it makes it seem so much longer. You have no concept of time. We're in our houses. You don't know where the moon is in the sky. There might not even be a moon. You're just waiting for the sunrise. I agree. Okay. So what was the best part of breastfeeding period? What's your favorite thing about the process? Mm -hmm. All right. They don't do it anymore. But when they're still really little and the milk hits when they're suckling and then they just unlatch and smile and the milk like rolls out of their mouth. Or like, or squirts them in the face, or oh god, I don't know if you ever the milk showers. Yeah, Yeah. that happened to me the other day. I have three boys, so and but they're very well versed in breasts Mm -hmm. and breast milk. Um, That happened the other day with their brother, and they thought that was the funniest thing in the whole world. They're like, "Do it again, squirt him again," and I'm like, "I didn't need to do this." And their dad was like, "Oh my gosh, just stop!" Right. (laughs) Don't encourage this. Oh, they thought it was hilarious. Yeah. No, the milk drunk smiles for me are probably the best. Second to now that River's older, when they're nursing and they don't unlatch, she doesn't unlatch anymore. She knows it's good. And their eyes roll back in their head. Yes. That that just satisfaction of this is what I needed. Thank you, mom. I know. It's those little moments that keep you going, isn't it? It definitely is. Yeah. All right. Do you remember... Do you remember the best advice you ever received, either from a healthcare professional or another mom, a sister, anything like that? Is there anything that like somebody told you that really changed your path or just clicked with you that you wanted to remember? It's probably from that obstetrics class. So it was taught to me by a naturopathic doctor who is also a midwife and she's delivered something like 400 babies plus. It's insane. Um, she, she's super like renowned in Arizona. You say her name and everyone knows. Um, but she was saying, she's like, each baby is different. So the fact that we have these milestones and the fact that we have these schedules, she's like, it's so backwards. You have to take baby's lead every time and you can't make them conform to your schedule. So going into it, kind of not intending to keep a schedule. And I get it. Like not everybody can do that. You still have to get up and go to work. But not having that that concept in my time of 15 minutes, one side, then burp, then 15 minutes, another side. They don't always want that. Sometimes they just need a little drink because it was hot out. They don't yeah. want a full nursing session. And if you don't do it, then they're just going to sit there and cry because they're thirsty. <laughs> and I've got friends. We're in Arizona. It's like you can't intentionally ignore the cry because you don't know what that cry was. So I think she was kind of the one who put that notion in my head of when you hear the cry offer the breast and just go from there. If they don't want it. They don't want it. Unless you have a child like mine who wants boobs all the time. And she's like, yeah, I definitely want that. I don't care yeah. what the problem is. Right. That's the solution. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I did want that toy, but this boob will work for now. Right. Yeah. Is, is there any advice that you would tell a new mom who's planning to breastfeed? Maybe someone that's never done this before. And they're like, do you have like one nugget yeah. for me? Like what's the most important part? What's, what's that thing you would tell them? Cool. It's hard to narrow it down, I know. It really is. I can see your brain going like a million things. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Um, There's not just one. I have like a list. And you already gave us a really good one of just like following your instincts, you and your baby, and not watching the clock. Like that's awesome advice. Yeah. Aside from that, 
don't put clothes on the baby after they're born. Do the skin to skin. Let it sink in. I, everyone that I know is like, look at our cute matching outfits for Instagram. And I'm like, nope, we were naked. That's why there's no pictures. Yeah. With me in a diaper and her in a diaper. And those pictures don't go anywhere. But that initial like bonding hour, don't let people come in the room. Like, Let it be just you and this new baby and take the lead. That being said, if it hurts at any point, speak up because it's not supposed to hurt. And if a lactation consultant says, nope, it's normal, go see another one. That's probably the biggest one. I feel like seeing a a quality professional can solve a lot of problems. And I love what you just said. If you don't agree with or feel comfortable with the advice Mm -hmm. you were given, go see somebody else. I love that as well because not all providers and not all lactation consultants are the same or have the same area of expertise or knowledge. And yeah. Like I never, ever put the same value on like a chiropractor as I would a cranial sacral therapist, as I would a massage therapist, like just going in the bodywork arena. So why would I do that for a lactation consultant? The latch might look great, but if you're still having issues and lactation consultants don't find it, go see a chiropractor. They were just squeezed out of a really tiny canal. There's a high chance that something's misaligned and it just hurts to turn their head one way. That I didn't even mention that I had to do that with River. She had a preference to turn her head to one side and I thought it was the tongue tie thing. It wasn't. She just needed a little adjustment. It didn't solve the tongue tie, but then she would nurse on both sides. Yeah. Does she have a little torticollis or? Um, no, I caught it before that. So like her muscles had gotten preference. too tight. Sure. I definitely gave her like little baby massages, mm-hmm. but I got her adjusted. Let's see. Her tongue tie was revised on like day four or five. So she was probably adjusted on day like three. Cool. Yeah. I think they, I think the chiropractor or the bodywork person, chiropractor, whatever, has to have kind of some special training in. A hundred percent, right? Okay. So my chiropractor is Webster certified, so she actually adjusted me all through my pregnancy. Cool. Great. And she does moms and babies. That's like her favorite thing to do. Awesome. So yeah, definitely. Like, don't just go to the first person that pops up on Google by your house because it is specialized training. Their vertebrae aren't formed the way that adults are. Like, they're not even closed yet. So it's a very low impact kind of adjustment, but it definitely, it's a game changer because a tongue tie revision can't realign a vertebrae. So it would, it still would have a preference, it, they, would still have a preference to nurse on one side. You didn't fix the misalignment. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It feels like a lot. I hope, you know, new moms aren't overwhelmed by just like the amount of stuff that there is. I I think maybe the best thing to do would just kind of be to know your resources. Like who are That's the lactation huge. counselors in your area? Mm-hmm. Are you, do you like your pediatrician? Um, are you comfortable with them? And what are some of the other options too? Do you have a mom group? Like you have your little group of like-minded mm-hmm. doctors that you chat with, which I think is super essential. Yeah. Find your mom group, find a Facebook support group, if that's all you can find. Um, real life mom friends are better. <laughs> but- yeah. Real life. Definitely. But in times of, Social distancing and who knows, are you guys right. like social distance over there? We are super locked down. Yeah, we're oh, in Belgium gosh. right now and okay. um, our kid, my kids are still in school, but mm-hmm. uh, we can have one, they call it a cuddle buddy. We can have one cuddle buddy a week. So that, and that's someone that you're in closer contact with than the social distancing. Oh bubble. my gosh. Yeah. So like we can't have friends over because all of our friends are like a couple. Yeah. Or families. Yeah. And right. like, oh, here, one of you can come over. No yeah, one else. So people for Christmas over here were like, okay, so do I invite over my mom or my dad? 
Like, you're going to give us one person? Oh That's insane. Oh, it's been a nightmare. Oh. And we've been locked down like this since November. We're recording this uh, the first part of January. Um, oh we've been in and out of lockdown over here. Yeah. It's a lot stricter than the states. Mm-hmm. So ugh. That's what I've heard. But I don't know many people actually over there to ask. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, you can't really, like, travel. Uh, currently, actually, we're on lockdown we can't go 30 kilometers from our house. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Some of those restrictions are military related, but, um, but what happens if you work outside of that? I I mean, you can travel for work, doctor, um, like essentials, groceries, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, but they don't want people like out socializing or like traveling for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. In person is definitely better, especially if you like, if you're not like keen to go to a lactation consultant or a chiropractor right off the bat, if you want to like show your friend and be like, is this normal and actually have a frenzy, but if you're locked down and you don't, that's not your cuddle buddy. That's going to be really hard. Yeah. We do a lot of virtual, virtual stuff and texting, you know? Right. I've definitely sent, um, like texts or Snapchats of like, this is what a normal pump should look like. If yours doesn't look like the nipple going in and out of the flange. Yeah. If yours doesn't look like this, get it adjusted. Speaking of pumps. With a disclaimer. Yeah, for real. Speaking of yeah. pumps, what um what pump do you use? Do you like it? I mean, Ooh. you hate pumps. So maybe yeah, I should I say, <laughs> does it work well for you? I hate them in general. The first one I had with Rowan was an insurance pump. It was the Medela um, pumping style, the sure. double electric one. I yep. hated it. Hated yeah. it so much. I would get maybe an ounce and a half each side. And that's like before feeding. That was like at work. And I had a decent flange. It. I don't know if I got like a dud machine. If it just didn't like vibe with me. It. Yeah. I don't know. We didn't get along. So then this one I paid to upgrade and I got the Spectra S2. And I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, this is like a Cadillac of pumps. Yeah. And I actually really like it. Sound aside, if I can like turn the TV up and I don't have to hear the sound. I, I don't mind it. I get good, decent volumes every time. It's one of my favorite pumps, too, the Spectra. Yeah. Uh, the Spectra 1 is even better because you don't have to be next to an outlet. But the Spectra 2 is exactly the same. I didn't except realize for you that have to plug when I it got in. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just they were like, do you want Medela or Spectra? So I didn't even check to see, like, what kinds of Spectra. Sure. But I'll take a cord for the Cadillac of pumps compared to that Medela it's any a, day. It's an awesome pump. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that Okay, one. is there anything else you kind of want to tell us? Is there anything you would tell to a new mom just about breastfeeding in general? Any last piece of information you want to share? Um, I would kind of just love to hear anything else you have to offer. Oh, my gosh. What else? I know. Um, I put you on the spot there. And if you think of anything, like, specifically, please ask me. Because sometimes I feel like there's too much going on in my head to, like, deliver it succinctly. So if Do you, you have a place, actually, that people can connect with you if they have questions about? Because um, you do a lot of, like, mold stuff. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's a really niche specialty. Like, yeah. so are you okay if I put some uh, contacts for you in totally. the description so people can yeah. find you if they want to connect? A hundred percent. Most of my stuff right now is on Instagram. Um, I have a website, but I did it myself. So it's really, it looks like it might be spam. Or you gotta have central. something though today, like a web, you exactly. gotta have a website. Yeah. Yeah. So the website is dr. Dr. Kelly Winnett, dot com, And then the Instagram that I have is dr. period Kelly period Winnett. So that's most cool. of my stuff on there. Yeah. That'd be great. And then people can connect with you if they 
um, exactly. want to utilize your services or maybe just chat or ask you a question from today. So that'd be great. Yeah. Um, as far as like any other random things, I hear a lot going around about like fenugreek. Oh, do fenugreek. It'll boost your supply. As with any herb in naturopathic medicine, there's a chance that it has the opposite reaction in your body. So I've fenugreek, seen that a lot with that specific one too. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Fenugreek does not work for everyone. It worked for me and it made me smell like maple syrup and it was very strange. And like my postpartum nose couldn't handle it. So there are other blends, but herbs. So there is no herb to boost supply. There's herbs to boost the cellular function of the mammary glands. They're called galactagogues. So they help things move. The only thing to increase supply is literally nursing. It's supply and demand. Make the milk, remove the milk. Make the milk, remove the milk. So if you're not hydrated and you're like, oh, I had a Starbucks pink drink and my supply went up. It means you're dehydrated. So being in Arizona, I have hammered this. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point. It's hot here. Most people, not right now. It's like 60. It's gorgeous. People need to drink an average about a gallon a day. Nursing moms need even more. So coffee doesn't count. Coffee does the opposite. And it's honestly, as a mom, I don't get a gallon a day. I don't have time. If I drank that much water, I'd be in the bathroom too many times. And then I'd be cornered in the bathroom by my children. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So part of it is the self-care. Like you are now using your body. First you grew a person and now you're feeding a person. Like you have to make sure you're taking that time for yourself. Maybe that should have been my piece of advice. I don't know. I think we're going to count it as that because I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to drink. You've got to eat. If you're not getting in like chocolate doesn't count. I have a really bad habit. I'm, I'm paying for it now that I'm like, oh, I'm breastfeeding. I can have these nachos. I'm breastfeeding. I can have this gluten-free cookie. And I'm like, mm, maybe maybe my metabolism has slowed down. <laughs> but um, I will say iron deficiency is very um, underdiagnosed in nursing moms. Mm. Sometimes they catch it in pregnancy. I looked at my own labs that they drew and I was like, hey, look, I'm anemic. And they didn't tell me anything. But iron makes women crave ice and chocolate. So if you're sitting there and you're like, I need more chocolate, all of the chocolate, eh, it could be iron. That your body's asking for? Exactly. I don't know. I might disagree on that one. I think my body's legit asking for chocolate. Oh, I know mine is. (laughs) I'm a good, like, give me a 75% dark. And I'll just sit there all day and pound a bar in a pantry by myself. Like, so if I go take my prenatal vitamin first, then mm-hmm. can I eat the chocolate and yes. feel good about it? Like I fed both monsters there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, That's my new plan. Yeah. Check iron. Um, if they're not running the labs, find another doctor. Yeah. Like there, I think there's this misconception that like you have to listen to your doctor, which is pretty contrary because you hired your doctor you can fire your doctor so if you're like hey i'm really tired hence all postpartum moms yeah. hey like my hair is falling out and i'm getting these bruises and all i want is ice and chocolate and steak like you're probably borderline anemic i was they didn't even tell me the only reason i caught it is because i knew what to look for on my labs sure. so and moms go in for that six-week postpartum visit and then they don't even they're do just like it. you're good to go bye yeah. And I, I don't think moms know, like, you can go back if you're not feeling well or if yeah. something isn't right. Like, go mm-hmm. see somebody. You don't have to wait for three years until your next pap smear. I mean, you should be going to the doctor every year. But <laughs> Yeah. No, I know what you mean. 
You know, um, like, don't be afraid to go in and ask for help. If you have any signs of postpartum depression, you should also go in and mm-hmm. talk to somebody. I mean, self-care, I think, is a great note to end on. Like, don't forget mm-hmm. to take care of yourself because you are literally sustaining the life of a tiny human. Mm-hmm. And you need to be okay first, you know? Exactly. So. Yeah, I'm making sure all those nutrients are reined in. And it is totally okay to take prenatals while you're nursing. There's nothing in them that a baby can't have. That's what I'm doing, but only because I'm too lazy to go and buy new vitamins. <laughs> you're like, I know this one. Get a good horse ride it. It's got a good iron level, and I've just got extra. I'm just going to keep doing it. I, got, I like, created my own aversion to my prenatal because I had to take, like, six a day. And now I see them, and I'm just like, Ugh. So... I, I've done a conglomerate of other ones that don't smell like that prenatal, and I'm all right now. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to trick my brain a couple times. Oh, I love it. Well, I might have to have another interview with you um, in six months or so, because I feel like we could keep talking forever about this Seriously. kind of stuff. <laughs> so, Just uh, but today... put a list of questions, and we'll plow through them. I would love it. So, if you have people reaching out to you, um, keep a running list of questions, and maybe we'll yeah. revisit some of these topics we talked about today a little bit more in depth because I would love to pick your brain about some of the more you know deep stuff of breastfeeding but thank you so much for taking the time out of your day I know you're seeing patients today and you've got a lot going on so I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and kind of share your journey and also um, some other little nuggets of gold in there as well I'm so glad we could chat like I could talk about breastfeeding and not feel like I'm crazy because my husband's like oh your nipples work mine don't I'm just like, Did so you stop talking about breastfeeding already? And you're like, fine, yeah. I'm going on a podcast to do it. Yeah. You don't want to hear me talk about my nipples? Talk to someone else. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I Thanks. can't wait. We're definitely going to have to because I could talk about it all day long. Let's do it. You can find all the links to connect with me and Dr. Kelly down in the show notes today. And you can see everything that I'm doing over on my website, which is newlittlelife.com. And don't forget to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Dr. Kelly. You're so welcome. Bye. Bye.